I did a big stretch. Good like, for you. Before. I good, good. Just barely, barely hanging in there. Today. You seem good. You, you seem all right. Hey, was it a shoulder stretch or a back stretch? What kind of stretch are we talking? It was, uh, it was kind of, it was just the uh, try to touch both corners of the zoom window. Oh, got oh it, got it, got zoom it. corner stretch, classic. Yeah, zoom yeah. Hey, anybody who teaches zoom yoga, do you teach <laughs> stretching corner to corner, uh, horizontal? <laughs> do you do you teach a full screen class versus a gallery view? I mean, you simply got to do all of them. Is the thing to really got to. Yeah, because if it's if it's full screen, then you've got like more zoom to stretch. So that's bigger stretching space. Mm-hmm. Like it's the worst yeah. thing when you're doing yoga and it's like a tight room with a bunch of people in it. I feel uh-huh. like if you're a yoga teacher, you'd want like a big zoom room for the exact same reason, right? Yeah. Oh. You know, big full screen so you can do your full stretch on. I told you all about that one LA yoga class I went to where someone brought a large dog. It was the most crowded yoga class I've ever been in. And the large dog got its own mat to Aww. sleep on. <laughs> No, I'm not for I this. Fe- yeah, Wait, I how- feel like this was told at a you're not for this, and there's no world where I am not for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah actually, I got a question. How yeah. how good was that dog's down dog? Yes, it didn't do it. It just slept. Bad. Just slept yeah. and panted oh, in a hundred degree room, boo. just panting and and drooling. I don't. Here's what I, I will say: like dogs dogs fucking love a yoga mat. I have learned. Yeah, so do cats. I I love a yoga mat. Like I have my yoga mat just like in my room for a while. And sometimes I would just like lay on it because it's just like, oh, this is comfy. It okay, makes me so feel like I'm stretching. We've covered, so who loves yoga mats? Dogs, check, yeah. cats, check. Yeah. And our guest, yeah. Joey Cliff. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, and this is the show, Yo, Is This Racist, where we listen to your voicemails about racism eventually. But first we talk to our friend, Joey. What's going on? Hard eventually today. Let's, let's just chill. <laughs> Yeah. What's up, Joey? Uh, mm-hmm. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, uh, doing really good. Um, uh, let's see. Still writing on Spirit Rangers on Netflix. Comes out sometime in 2022. Super fun. Uh, I think right. I talked Very about fun. it last time. It's the uh, first ever show in the history of U.S. Uh, animated TV with an all-native writer's room. Native uh, creator, uh, Chris Valencia, genius you match TV writer. And it's super fun, and I can't wait for the world to see it. And other than that, um, let's see. Uh, big personal stories. Uh, I recently became a slacks guy. I bought like uh, nice. I was like, jeans are too hard. I need slacks. I see. This is like from the soft pants to hard pants um, evolution. Like we all in 2020 were like all soft pants, and we're like, how are we going to go back to hard pants? I see you found a Goldilocks medium pants Mm -hmm. solution. Like none. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No pants. (laughs) Um, Oh, like no, no, no solution. Just goes yeah, medium soft. How yeah, soft it's, yeah. I feel like it's uh, like, and I definitely put like the second I was fully not the second I was fully vaccinated, but like the day I was fully vaccinated, I like went to the mall for the first time in you know a year or whatever, and just went to as many like banana republics as possible. And I'm like, <laughs> am I a street pant person or like a casual dress slack person? <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, my life's really wild. I'm going crazy. Uh, <laughs> bought five pairs of slacks, and uh, uh-huh. they're all pretty comfy. I like wearing slacks now. Nice. Oh, actually, y'all, y'all keep talking. Hold on. You can talk. Andrew's going to go get a pair of slacks to show us. We know what pants are, Andrew. You don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like hey, these? I'm, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm happy for you. Kevin, where do you fall on... Uh, by the way, I'm the I'm a host, Tony Newsom. Andrew T is a host. He just left. You heard about Joey. <laughs> Kevin Bartelt's our producer. Kevin, okay. where do you stand on slacks? I've been mostly slacks for the last like few years. And then a month ago, got a pair of jeans as a gift 
and uh, felt a little like, wow, is this like high school Kevin's back in business? <laughs> so sure. I don't know. I, I mostly, I agree. The slacks are so comfortable and I like them with like a nice flat shoe as well. It's just, it's such a look. Yeah, this is All a good about look. It. I like it. All right, I'm sorry. Just, just mainly because Joey is here. Joey's the OG Garf head, as far as I know. Might as well be called Jim I, Davis. Yes, I am the original Garfield fan. Yes, I am <laughs> I, 75 years old. <laughs> I have, uh, I have, I have determined, uh, you know, a thing that was happening more last year. Uh, buying a lot of Garfield related apparel from Etsy. Hell yeah! I think I think I have finally decided that these are entirely like algorithmically generated and I am the only person buying these because I'm going to hold it up to the screen. Uh, <laughs> wow. What? Wait, what? Love it. It is, it is a shirt that says, it has the Costco logo. It says Fantasy Costco, uh, where all your dreams come true. And then a picture of Garfield on it. And... There is explain literally this there. I, I cannot explain it. It <laughs> basically the only way this could get designed is if it's like that version of, yeah, like, you know, a robot like, designed that a human yeah, did not design yeah. that. Yeah. It was just like, like if some, you know, like, oh, you're talking about something and all of a sudden you get an IG ad for it. It's mm -hmm. that it's just like a robot, like just heard like the 10 things I say the most and just put them <laughs> on a shirt. <laughs> it heard fantasy dreams, Costco and Garfield. And it put that together and made you the most nonsensical shirt I've ever seen. And why is Garfield like sexy sprawled? He's he's sexy sprawled. For some reason, the um, there's like the like register trademark logo on the Costco thing. There's. Simply no way this is As also if this is I, official I, licensed Costco merch. Yeah, this I pulled is, this Jim, out of my dryer. Jim Davis I, is getting money from this. <laughs> I fucking hope so. Yeah, he I, deserves it. I forgot. I threw it into the dryer with some weird sticker on it, and I think the sticker is now melted into the shirt forever. So I thought that was a QR code at first. I was like, it, wow, what I is this? Yeah, if you scan it, it just takes you to the Wikipedia been. page for lasagna. <laughs> I mean, anyway, so up, update Andrew is. Back on his bullshit and follow falling for. I mean, literally, what, what, why, why would you do this? Sure, it's so nuts. Um, so uh, a, a fun thing that's happened to me over the past year is that, um, as Andrew mentioned, I'm the OG Garfield fan. <laughs> I'm 75 years old. <laughs> um, I live in a giant Odie head. Uh, it's great. Um, <laughs> but um, the because, Odeon. Yeah, yeah, the Odeon. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, because it's like uh, among my friend group, it's like known that I'm a really big Garfield fan. I'll people will buy and ship to me the most random Garfield bullshit, Ooh, <laughs> but yeah. like oftentimes it's from Etsy and like not labeled. So I'll just like get a random package and I'll open it and it's like, oh, it's a t-shirt that's got like Garfield with a do-rag and it says fuck Mondays on it and then 666 at the bottom. And I'm like, I should I should send this to I should literally just drop this off at your house right now. I'm yeah, locking yeah, yeah. off the Zoom. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be it, it would not be the first, second or third random Garfield shirt I've gotten like in that also like like a lot of my friends just like you know they're cleaning out their like you know bedrooms their houses or whatever and they'll have a bunch of garfield memorabilia from their kids and what they'll think to do is like they'll say oh joey wants this and they'll send me this huge crate of garfield shit. <laughs> oh my god and wow. it's like oh cool i've got uh 
uh, 20 random Garfield posters. Yeah. I've become people's just Garfield storage unit, which I'm fine with. Sure. Garfield storage <laughs> unit. Oh, my God. Oh, well, I support it. Um, also, our friend in front of the show, Jessica Gao, also wants some credit for being an original Garfield stan. Andrew, I don't feel, especially on the Yo Can We Live feed, I don't feel we give um, Jessica enough credit for being the starter of your specific Garfield obsession. So... I was Shout waiting for you to bring. The, I was waiting for you to bring this up, and I did not actually reply to the thread. But Jessica because I'm the incorrect. only one who brings up Je- who who stands up for Jessica. You don't think she is correct here? <laughs> she's she's not. I, I'm the one that found the first Garfield weird Garfield shirt. Wow! On that thread. I, I can't wait. Our thread is going to be popping off after this episode drops. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Whoever's All- getting money on the novelty Garfield shirt racket is doing real well. Again, it just feels like it has to be like a bot that's owned by like organized crime somehow. Like there's no <laughs> way this doesn't ultimately like go to the Russian mafia or something. For sure. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure the Russian mafia. Um, just... Well, speaking of the Russian mafia, <laughs> let's rush this mafia into talking about some crit events. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> great, 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 great transition. I was just going to say, actually speaking of the Russian mafia, Facebook is down right now. So it's probably, oh, boom. There they got to go. be involved somehow. Right. Sure. Probably. Why not? Yeah, they're they're uh, trying to they're trying to hide our pro Garf agenda. That's it's all it's mm-hmm. all conspiracy. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, last week we had meant to. Kevin uh, brought up that we should mention this, and then we promptly forgot, and we were like, "Oh, I'm sure it'll be going on next week," which it is. And there's an even bigger development: uh, the IATSE strike, the film and television, largely production crew union uh, uh, strike vote happened. When did it happen? The vote happened over uh, the weekend we just got yeah, the results uh an hour ago an yeah, hour ago the time of recording, the time of recording uh, monday yeah. yeah uh and what is it like 98 percent voting in favor of strike um for better working conditions for yeah. our crews that's insane yeah, and this yeah. is the first time iatsi has even called for a strike vote in the history of hollywood Ooh. yeah yeah, I mean, um, it, it's it's like better working conditions sort of doesn't really even scratch the surface. It's just like yeah, it's hu- such a, a mild way to say it. Conditions, yeah, not not to yeah. Um, and just a, a general culture shift. There's an IG account called IA Stories. There might be an underscore in there. Um, mm-hmm. You'll figure it out. It's IA Stories, and um, they're just posting DMs and and uh, messages from folks in the community and who working in production who are talking about how the shift in culture is both, you know, with this strike, but also starting with just them themselves, like claiming, you know, saying we need to take better care of ourselves. We need to turn down work if the hours are going to be bad for their health in any way. We need to, you know, um, take control of our physical health and mental health. And the employers need to respect that. Our, our producers, our UPMs, our studios, they need to understand that we can't just <laughs> we can't just force folks to work insane hours with no breaks and now yeah. all the COVID stuff on top of it. These folks are masked the entire time at work, sometimes 16, 17, 18 hour days with like what, two 10 minute mask free breaks or something. So folks are just working in even more difficult conditions than before. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, it cannot continue. Well, yeah, it's it's truly like inhumane is the easiest way to describe it because it's like yeah you're working an 18 hour shift you know you wrap at four in the morning and then your day starts again at like 10 in the morning on the same day and you have to work another 18 hours yeah the turnarounds are wild it is just uh it's uh 
yeah, maybe maybe the condition should be better for crew folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also like, I mean, if if, if you're listening uh, as a non-Hollywood person, which I got to assume most of the folks are, it is like ev- everyone deserves a union, not cops. Everyone else <laughs> besides cops deserves a union. And yeah, I, I, th- I think I will say my own bias to this is a little bit that um, IATSE has generally been the most conservative of the like sort of like entertainment union. So it is like, really like heartening to see everyone like banding together and Mm. and you know that sort of solidarity uh is the only way to fight a lot of this stuff you know Mm -hmm. and i think i'm so often like a you know this class not race stuff is bullshit and a tool of white supremacy but it's class and race and it's part of it and they're all part and parcel and like this is the only way we fucking can not even win, but we can well, fight we the workers. Yeah, and uh, I almost said and, but really this is just a different way to say what you're saying. You know, you work somewhere like Atlanta specifically, it makes really clear that this is both race and class because you will work on a set where the entire cast could be white, all the producers could be white, the execs who come to set every day are white. The 90% of the crew is black. Right. And yeah. so then this sorts of these sorts of inhumane working conditions and just like the treatment of people, the the verbal abuse that is permitted, sometimes encouraged because of some weird like uh you know feeling about hazing or you know keeping people in their place. It it plays out like a really like a race problem. And yeah. I've seen it firsthand where I'm like this feels really fucking bad. I think something, especially for like any non-industry folks listening, something that's worth stressing is there's definitely this view that like everybody that's working in the entertainment industry, we're all rich. It's a glamorous life, blah, 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 blah. And like for most folks, that's like not true at all. Like these people, a lot of people in IATSE are working for like minimum wage, you know, sometimes less Mm -hmm. than minimum wage if you break it down to the hour, Um, you know, like 18 hour days. Like it's it's and, and it's sort of what's like a bummer about it is that it's really like plying on people's like the reason that we're in this industry is ideally probably because we have the dreams of, you know, making our own things and telling stories and stuff like that. And it's definitely like using that as a tool to get people to say yes to working 20 hour days for minimum wage or whatever, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. it is just this weird, like exploitive thing that like it's cool to see people standing up and saying that, hey, this is kind of fucked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We fucking need it. But yeah. And again, it's like not just in Hollywood, but for the world. It's like ev- yeah. everyone, everyone's job would be better. And, you know, the fact that it's usually politicized is uh, one of the reasons why we are in this mess that we're in, why mm-hmm. billionaires have so much money, why working class people oddly stand up for billionaires. <laughs> like, right. mm-hmm. So I, I mean, Jeff, Jeff Bezos is daddy. We do all agree that mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos is daddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. been really interesting to watching the, um, you know, like actors and celebrities with like massive social media accounts posting and sharing about this, which I feel like is only helping spread awareness because until I started dating uh, Leah, who is in IATSE and is in the costumes uh, world, for film and TV, I didn't really know how bad it was. And now seeing it every day, I have like a lot of, I guess, secondhand experience f- through her. And then seeing people 
with millions of followers kind of explaining it makes me feel good because I think my friends in Illinois that have no understanding of how this industry works, but also follow like Andy Samberg. I don't know if he's posted it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just Prof- Prof- general, general uh, sub, uh, celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are, are no, like explaining this. strike breaker Andy Sam- I don't know. I have, Scab. I, have social- yeah, yeah. I think I saw I, some Brooklyn Nine-Nine people posting it. Um, sure. But just explaining it, I was like, oh, this makes, this is so great because people, I've just watched Leah explain this to people that are like, you do what? For how long? And it's a lot yeah. of like, people don't understand how scary it is after you know like driving home at the middle of the night not no you know having to pull over because you don't think you can stay awake mm-hmm. I, the other side of it is a lot of people not a lot but i also have seen people in the industry sharing like i had no idea it was this bad which most of it i believe and then i think there's probably uh, some people that have been like well i think you kind of knew it was yeah you mean people bad. like uh, I mean, I don't love this term, but like above the line people, like actors yeah, yeah. and stuff, claiming they didn't know—that's like bullshit. yeah, big producers and stuff being yeah. like, I that's had no idea it was this. And maybe yeah, if you've never set foot on a set, maybe if you're a producer who's stayed in the production office your whole career, maybe. But yep. yeah, yeah. So it's, there's well, no way. yeah, there's a little of that too. It's also like PAs and those folks, like they show up before everybody gets there and they leave well yeah. after everybody leaves. They're the people who set yeah. the thing up and take the thing down. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like I've I, I fortunately didn't have to work in like hardcore production a ton, but I definitely have experiences of like when I first moved to LA, I was a PA for a non-union digital shoot where it was like, I want to say they said my day was going to be 12 hours, but really it was 18 hours. Mm -hmm. The rate they gave me was $60. And then they, since they worked me six hours over, they pulled me aside and said, Hey, we know we really overworked you. Also, sorry that you almost got crushed to death in an elevator by a piece of the set. So we're really going to like try to hook you up and really help you out. And we're going to give you just like, you know, some more money for your paycheck. Uh, got my paycheck in the mail two weeks later. Sixty eight dollars. Wow. And it's like, there you uh, go. It's like, insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For an 18 hour work day where I almost died several times. Sixty eight dollars. Yep. I mean, you know, our whole industry works on exploitation. And mainly because yeah. it's like fun to be near stuff that's fun yeah. on some mm-hmm. level. That's, you know, but it is also a multi-billion dollar industry. Arguably mm-hmm. the only thing America really does that does it. <laughs> I mean, it still involves exploiting. And I guess what I mean is it doesn't involve exploiting people overseas quite as much. I don't know what my point is with this. <laughs> I'm just point is, uh, you, you bought a ton of Garfield shirts. They're all great. I need mm-hmm. to fucking uh, move some merch, folks. So just <laughs> hit me up. I'm selling Garfield shirts. I'm giving um, them away. I'm not. Do you, uh, wait, spinoff podcast idea. Uh, do you, do you, does everybody on this, do you want to start a new podca- podcast called Yo Is This Garfield? Where we uh, look at Garfield merch and decide if it's licensed or not? <laughs> Yeah, we have done that a couple to, times. So yeah, we're I don't not think we need to off. start a new show. It's it's just yeah. this show. It's just the yeah, first ten was, minutes of this show is usually yeah. yeah the first ten minutes. Talk. This was the pilot for Yo is this Garfield? I think it's got uh-huh. I think it's got legs. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a book pilot. I, I um, literally just checked the Garfield Wikipedia to see who owns the rights. <laughs> <to> Garfield. <laughs> oh, uh, another rest. Hey, by the rip. rights. Uh, stay tuned, I guess, for more info from IATSE. Uh, yeah, follow that IA stories if you want to, if you're not in the biz and you want to understand uh, a little bit more. And 
Yeah, we'll see what this vote means. We'll see if yeah. it, we'll see but, if the studios but, respond in a reasonable way. The upshot for everyone: if you're in a union, do something to make it stronger. If you're not in a union, figure out. No matter who you are, everyone deserves it. It's it is again one of one of the f- few things that has been eroded that is gonna like gives any of us a fighting chance against you know the mm-hmm. world, the bad yeah. world, and like. Whatever job you do, you at least deserve to be treated. I'm going to say, okay, you deserve to be treated in a level that's like respectful and humane and not right. like lethal to you, to you as a human, you know? Yeah. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's not that anyone is saying, I saw a little bit of this, which I'm just like, I don't even need to engage in these idiots, but it's not like anyone is saying we're getting rid of hard work in the industry. Like, oh, they, no one wants to work hard because we have proved that, that it is possible to work in production very hard for very long hours in a humane way. It's called actors. They give us the ability to work in a humane way that is still very difficult and is long and is tiring. But I don't know a lot of actors on most professional shoots who would say, I've been severely mistreated day in and day out for as long as I can remember. So we've proved that we can do it. And just because folks work a different job uh, doesn't mean that it's not possible for everyone. It's just going to take more planning, which means more money from these studios, which have billions of dollars. Anyway, yeah. okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Joey about a short that just came out on Comedy Central. Yay. And then we'll do some voicemails. Okay, and we're back. All right. Um, we were talking during the break about how talking about Garfield feels like it's what Joey was here to promote, mm-hmm. but it's not actually. It, it yeah. boggles my brain. I truly, I was like, yeah, I'm here to check. I'm the Garfield guy. I'm here to talk yeah, about we Garfield. Ch- we checked it's- off, checked off. Yeah, like Joey's here. <laughs> yeah, that uh, is honestly, incorrect. For the record, we are recording this on a Monday. Oh, oh. Um, polite laughter is what see. that deserved. <laughs> no, I liked. Uh, I liked the the fear the jazz hands the fear jazz hands. What yeah, is that? It's, it's just like it's uh, yeah it's it's ghost hands. I think it's Monday hands. It's just like Monday. Yeah. Uh, I've not read a single Garfield strip. Does he do gar- ghost hands? I don't know. <laughs> I did try to watch one of those old Garfield goes to, I think it was the Garfield goes to paradise uh, cartoons. It was on YouTube. Wow. That, that shit is rough. Why, We're why am I wasting Mark Garfield about time? Joey's I literally. Thing, and you went back to Garfield. <laughs> Joey. I, I get it. Okay. So, I'm so um, I'm here to talk about Garfield, but I'm also here to talk about, um, I just released a new animated short through comedy central that um, I'm really excited about. The short's called How to Cope with Your Team Changing Its Native American Mascot. It's a comedy PSA about sports teams who just changed their weird native mascots. Cough, cough, Cleveland Indians, Washington football team, and uh, like thousands of others. Cough, cough, cough. Um, <laughs> I wrote it, directed it, and star on it. It's also featuring voices from Janice Meeting from Rutherford Falls and John Timothy from Spirit Rangers. So it's got an all-native voice cast, and that's like dope as shit. Awesome. Um, that's cool. You can check it out on all of Comedy Central social media platforms. And uh, yeah, I just got to say, it's like, it's something I'm really proud of. And I think that uh, everybody that listens, to, that listens to me on Yo! Is This Racist and digs my stuff will really like it. Yeah, check that out. Um, I watched it. I, I loved hearing from voices I recognized. I also love something you did that I'm like, oh, yeah, everything should do this. Where even like non-native roles where you have people playing kind of like light antagonists being like, why should I care about this? That type of a position. Having that play- still played by native people. I'm like, oh, yeah, just because we're... <laughs> 
present like comedically presenting the other side of you know people's dumb arguments that doesn't mean you have to cast a bunch of white people to do that you could still have that you know give jobs uh, yeah. to native folk so it's also but, like uh hollywood's been casting non-natives to play native roles for years right so th- that's me trying to like offset it where it's just like oh, i'll give a bunch of natives well, non-native yeah. roles yeah, so. i think i think everything uh-huh. is all square now <laughs> yeah we did it <laughs> That's I me. cannot wait. I cannot wait until I play just like a just a real white icon. I just cast me as your next white icon, America. Great, noted. Writing it down. Great. Yay! Oh wow! I'm gonna say. A Are thing you guys trying to think of white icons? Come on, no, let me was, let me play I, Madonna. Didn't you play fucking Lana Del Rey? Am I crazy? That's true. That was a white icon. <laughs> Am I crazy? That was a Hell yeah. show. I mean, like a biopic. I want sure, like sure, a. Sure. I want like the Lana Del Rey biopic. <laughs> <laughs> Do that. Yeah, we'll give you when they do like a fifth Steve Jobs movie. We'll have you play Steve Jobs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I want to play Steve Jobs. Tawny's got a turtleneck. It's more a turtleneck than than a roll. It's ninety percent a turtleneck. Wait, Tawny, give us your best Steve Jobs. Like this is the moment you invented me, the iPod or something. Okay, give me something he would say. What is what did Jobs uh, say? He would say, um, he would "Computer, say, you're fired." He would say, "Yeah, computer, you're fired." iPhone. How is that both a Star Trek quote and Donald oh, Trump? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that got weird. <laughs> See, this is why I I keep telling you you shouldn't. I don't get to do improv because this is wait, why. Wait, okay, actually, wait, Tony. <laughs> to just to keep on the theme of the episode, uh, uh-huh. so you're so you're play the play. The role of Steve Jobs, but say, I hate Mondays. I love lasagna. Nermal, get out of here. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Steve Jobs. I hate Mondays. I love lasagna. Nermal, get out of here. <laughs> Done. Wow. I felt like Booked I was it. there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. anyway, that's just a small taste. Uh, <laughs> hire me for whatever. Um, no, but anyway, that was one of the small things I noticed that was, that was cool in your short. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for watching it. Yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm super excited about it. I hope everybody listening to me right now checks it out. Yeah, um, awesome. they can find it uh, at the Comedy Central socials, your socials. Yeah, basically, yeah, cool. if you go to it, pretty much any Comedy Central social media account, it's probably on there somewhere. It's on my Twitter. You'll. It's not hard to track down. It's not hard to find. You You also mentioned, was this, was this during the break, possibly, uh, or maybe before, like, also this, the Cleveland baseball team is changing their name is that a yeah thing? the um yeah so the cleveland indians um famously uh with the chief wahoo mascot which is just straight up a racist character of a native person yeah. they um retired the chief wahoo mascot maybe like two or three years ago um they announced last year they were going to change their name but they basically wanted to give their fans the 2021 season to mourn it, I guess. I don't what? know. Um, and uh, they announced a few months ago that they were changing the name to the Cleveland Guardians. Um, and uh, last Sunday, so uh, just yesterday as of um, this recording, uh, they played their last ever game as the Cleveland Indians. And uh, so uh, we won. We did it. Um, and something that I really love about this short, and this is like for sure to the um credit of all the like activists who've been fighting for like native mascots to change for decades is like i love that i was able to make this comedy central short about native mascots changing and not as something that we are begging people to acknowledge on a base level yeah Mm -hmm. and that's something that's just like oh yeah that's like on the backs of decades of activists native and non-native like fighting for this fighting for just sports teams to not be racist caricatures of native people so like yeah i'm super shout out to like 
everybody who's been doing that fight and like on their backs, I was able to make like, you know, a fun comedy short starring a bunch of my friends who were also native. Yeah. And that's cool as shit. Awesome. You know, I, I love that's that. That's very cool. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like how you can either make sketches about, you know, things that have gone horribly wrong that need fixing and comedy can come from that or the sketches that are about like things that are in moving in the right direction, but still need a lot of fucking help. Um, and, and those, the, yeah, making comedy in those two ways has, has a different flavor and it's nice to, it's nice to be able to make the latter every now and then. Yeah. And it's, to me, it's like, it's just a cool, uh, it's a cool end zone dance. It's a cool, like we spiked the football, got them to change the names and it's just like, oh, now comedians get to talk about this in the past tense as like you said, good news, as opposed mm. to just like tr a tragic thing that we're like fighting to have people pay attention to, you know? Yeah. 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 Here's to jokes about the past. Yeah. <laughs> like, woo. Like you just stepped out of a really fast car and you're like, woo. Ha! That was wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Woo. Um, all right. Well, let's turn on our engines to listen to a voicemail. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Here we yeah, go, yeah, Kevin. Here we go. Hi, this is Quink calling from Germany. Uh, I have a question that is kind of uh, German specific, but so I'd like to know your take on it. Uh, I have a kid. I'm buying a lot of kids' books for the, for them. Uh, can't talk yet, so I don't know if it's a he or a she, so I'll be sticking to they. The books in Germany, when they're trying to diverse it up, they're going from uh, all white kids to maybe one black kid, which is okay, I guess. So it's just one black kid. But the main minority, the main ethnic minority in Germany is Turkish and Arab people. And Ooh. they're adding black kids because uh, I think in Germany they kind of just understand racism in American terms because they think racism is mostly an American phenomenon. And while they're trying to uh, make it clear that racism is alive and well in Germany, I mean, how it's Germany, uh, they just kind of add black kids, which is fine. We, we do have black people in Germany, but still our main minority is Turkish and Arab people. So I'd just like to know your thoughts on that. Thank you very much. And greetings to you, Andrew, Tony, guest, Kevin, and probably Matt. Bye. <laughs> wow. Wrong. Greetings, Clint. Close enough, Clint. Really great work there. <laughs> greeting everybody. Greetings. I love a, oh, I love a voice. I'll be, I'll be Matt for the purposes of this. That works for me. Okay. Great. <laughs> you got to do a joker laugh and I don't know, uh -huh. talk about right. candy or something. Okay. Ha, 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 ha. There we go. I That's love it. candy. Um, Kevin, First just try. edit out. Edit out that laugh and my Steve Jobs impression, and this will be an A-plus episode. Um, <laughs> and save those for the new show we're going to do. Yo, uh, this Garfield. Yo, this Garfield, exactly. It makes oh, perfect hell sense. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, man. I just almost stepped to... on the power strip that's powering everything I have here. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank God Because Andrew's here. box Sorry. disappears. Sorry. Oh, no. Um, um, lot to unpack in this, yeah. in this voicemail. What I thought was most interesting um, was what the caller pretty much got, got themselves to, which is talking about how uh, uh, the, the, the racism binar binary as, as dictated by just watching it play out in American politics. It's, it's an easy thing to think is that the, the, the only, only racism thing. binary is black versus white and to demonstrate that in a kid's book while not looking around at the exact flavor of racism you have going on in your own country. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it like based on kind of what I heard, it seems like it's so the issue is that um, he's buying books for his kids and the books 
are primarily white people with like one or two black people throughout the book, but mm-hmm. there's like no Turkish people slash um, Turkish slash uh, Middle Eastern people. Like uh, there's no, even though that's like a predominant uh, yeah. ethnic group in the I, country. I, I had to listen to this voicemail twice, which I usually don't do before we even started. <laughs> um, so that's why I miss a lot of shit. Um, but uh yeah, so so what I was gathering from it, and, and even if this isn't exactly what the caller meant, this is sort of what I was hoping we could talk about, is like, um, I think what the caller was saying was that like the trend is to try to make books more diverse for kids because people on a sort of general level understand diversity good, racism bad. Um, but the caller was sort of pointing out that like, because largely of how America talks about racism and, you know, the the fact that so often it is race is perceived as a black and white only issue um, that has translated to Germany. And then the other part of that is there is this perception. I've, I feel like we see it every now and again that like Europeans are like, well, we're not as racist as America. So therefore we're not racist, which mm-hmm. look right. debatable on several levels, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of, it's also justifiable on some levels, I suppose, like, you know, but whatever, like, um, and, and so there's a little bit of that, like a, see, this is America's problem when, when the subtext to the caller was, was that, you know? And so I, I guess, yeah, another thing I is like the, but even in America, right. It's like a fucking problem that like, because so even as I was about to talk, I was literally about to say, you know, a, a figure of speech, which is that, like, America's original sin is slavery. Mm-hmm. Although, literally... Yeah, there you were know, some sins before that. Exactly, yeah. So so it is like, like even the phrasing of yeah. original sin, right, is, like, mm-hmm. fucking yeah, fucked like, up. It's like there was, it's like there's the indigenous stuff, but also those puffy wigs were dumb. That's a sin, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so it is the original like, sin, colon, the wigs. <laughs> <laughs> I um, think all of that is in that voicemail. And it, uh, yeah, it's a lot. Sorry, Joey, go ahead. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it is, it is very weird that. I feel like this is a conversation that like often happens in Hollywood, which is just like to people in the entertainment industry, like it's like diverse and black is the same thing. Whereas yeah. like, it's like you want you ideally like the, you want your shows and your stories and your things to be like representative of the people that are in those places. So like, it is weird to have children's books that don't have, Turkish people in them in Germany, especially if that's like a predominant ethnic group in the country, because like you want to be representative of like the place that the story's from, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that that's what takes it from like, look, they're all stories, but like from being like a distant metaphor to like a present thing. Like mm. this looks like mm-hmm. your neighbors, not merely like some folks you don't see that often. It's like that's uh, that's how we get white Jesus, you know, where it's just like (laughs) where it's just like all these all these white people in the Bible in the the Middle East and, you know, 2000 years ago. Okay, sure. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's it's sort of also like like, Joe, you mentioned Hollywood because all of us mentioned Hollywood. We are Hollywood, baby, baby. But 
there is also the the like you know it is also impossible and not advised for like you know studios or or producers or showrunners or whatever to try to like united colors of benetton or like pokemon yeah. and try to get one of everyone either like that doesn't work and also becomes racist very quickly but yeah i think it's like i think that oftentimes what happens is like this is i think kind of what the caller is saying is it's sort of like oh yeah we put a black person in our children's book therefore it's not racist yeah and it's like yeah but like is that a character with agency or is that just like somebody in the background that you put in to make yourself feel better you know um like it's not enough to just have like diverse characters you also need like diverse stories because otherwise it feels like pandering and shitty yeah yeah Yeah. um and i don't know if the caller was asking for this type of advice but um i i had buy a publishing company yeah (laughs) buy a publishing company write your own books um I had friends who were raising kids in a country that was not their ethnicity or their culture. And so they were often ordering books from other countries to translate it into that local language for their kids so that they could, you know, experience that culture. But it just made me think like maybe you could uh, maybe there are some books in Turkey, some kids books in Turkey that are translated into German um, um, just as a way to yeah, read something about the folks around you. Yeah, I, I mean, it is like I, it is the rare breed of voicemail that has a lot in it. And I don't think there was a question. Was I mean, there a question? But if, if, they, if the question is, yo, is this racist? Yeah. yeah, I think those books are a little racist. Yeah, that's well, right. Short-sighted. Yeah. Well, and also it's like, maybe like, this could be the standard for all media, which is like, you know, just because something would be like good in like, you know, the Jim Crow era, maybe mm-hmm. we've we've moved past that. Like, yes, this is progressive for like a different time, but like you have to grow and, and we all need, you know, actual diversity uh, yeah. as opposed to whatever this is. Hey, Europe, get your kids some books about Roma people because y'all got a problem with how you treat them. <laughs> that's a that's some real local homegrown Europe racism that that we don't really get here because we don't we don't understand that here because we don't have that significant population of people. Yeah. So get some but, books about that. But I think that if you're writing a book and you're like thinking about including like BIPOC characters in the book, I think it's important to ask yourself why and like what what perspectives are those bringing to your book other than just like you know like making you feel better or making you feel more inclusive or whatever. Like yeah. it's just like think more critically mm-hmm. than just like. Yeah. throwing a black character in it and being like, I did it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's more work, but yeah, yeah. it's better to do more work. Do do more work, everyone. We here yeah. love work. One thing about this pod is we love work. Yeah, you're writing a book. That takes a lot of work. Just like work slightly, just a little bit more to make it like not shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. We Should we try and squeeze uh, in let's one, do one more, more voicemail? Voice yeah. Is this one oh, a lot will, to unpack I'm, or a little? I'm going to give my every every time Joey is here disclaimer, which is I'm sorry, I pulled the native one out. And It's okay. You, know. you can do one. You can do one. You're allowed one. If it's two, then I'm like, wait this. a second. We're allowed to do one. We're not only allowed to talk to him about native stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be really funny if the voicemail was a voicemail from me being like, I've been asked to be on this podcast and they talk about native. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm delighted to talk about native stuff. Uh, so yeah, let's let's do it. Hi, Andrew, Tommy, guest, Chef Kev. 
it. So I'm a white guy dating, and I asked out a white girl on Tinder, and she had fucked the police and Black Lives Matter and all the right things in her profile, but she has dreads. And I was like, maybe I'll ask about it on the date, see where it goes. And then I realized I'm a white guy with a mohawk. Mm. Is my cultural appropriation better or worse than hers? Or should I just cut off my mohawk tomorrow? I don't know. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Is that Dax Shepard? Yeah. That's like, okay, so that's actually, so full disclosure, um, I'm Cowlitz, which is based out of the Pacific Northwest, so like Washington State. Um, the Mohawk tribe is the Northeast, like Mohawks built, essentially built Manhattan on skyscrapers and stuff like that. So I can't necessarily speak from like a culturally educated place in saying whether or not Mohawks are appropriative. Mm -hmm. um, like it's, yeah, I guess it's like, it's tough for me to like offer, like I could just say like, oh yeah, they're cool as shit, Mohawk it up, bro. But it's like, <laughs> I also might have some Mohawk friends that'll text me and be like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> so, sure, um, sure. Is it a similar conversation? I guess that's kind of my question. Is it a similar conversation in native circles as it is in black circles when, when people appropriate black hairstyles or, or do you feel like they're fundamentally kind of different? So I think it's like, cause it's tough. Cause it's a Mohawk is so specifically like a Mohawk hairstyle and not a Navajo hairstyle, a Cherokee hairstyle or right. whatever. So it's, it's less of a conversation about like, uh, like a black hairstyle and it's more like something specifically being appropriated from like Ghana or whatever, where right. it's just sort of like, mm. oh yeah, like if I'm not from Ghana, I can't necessarily say yes or no to that. I would have to like talk to somebody from Ghana about that. Right. You know? And I guess what the the weird thing is that with most descendants of slavery, like we don't know those specific delineations of where we're from. So we feel... I will say I feel <laughs> correct in claiming kind of all of those hairstyles, whether they're Senegalese twists or whether there's their locks that are typically associated with like Rasta types. I, I get very like, I don't want white people wearing any of those when when I don't really know what which ones I'm technically allowed to lay claim to. Yeah, like I it's it's a tough thing because it's sort of like with this, all I can really zoom out to like to is to like the societal like, oh yeah, if I see like you know, it's like if you see like a white person with dreads, there's a level of like, okay, like, you know, there's the, I think the slightest yeah. bit of side eye. I don't think societally there is the same thought of non-natives wearing mohawks. When I see natives wearing mohawks, I'm like, hell yeah. Like that, I definitely, like, I definitely think of it as a native cultural signifier to people that like know what's up for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. But I, but like, it is something where like my suggestion to the caller is that like, you know, I would, I feel like that's kind of work to do on your own of like, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, uh, I, yeah, like I, the easy answer is just like, oh, I'm not really sure. But I feel like, you know, I feel like that's something that if you like, uh, you know, Googled the Mohawk tribe. They probably have a website. If you called their tribal offices and said, "Can I wear a Mohawk?" They'd probably be like, "Why are you calling me and asking me this?" Um, <laughs> They'd be like, "We put it on the website. Please stop calling." Yeah, I, I sort of had a th further question actually, which is like, also not just the actual wearing of the hair, but the the fray. Like, it's just I. I guess 
you know, my hackles always go up when like a an object is named after a people. Sure. Or, you know, not that hair is exactly an object, but sort of a hairstyle. I think that's, look, and could I have done a search? Yes, but I didn't. Um, so, yeah, I guess that that was sort of the other side of it is like um, just in general, that sort of thing. And then obviously, I think with a lot of native stuff, there is, you know, prior, a bigger culture of like reclaiming things or mm -hmm. it's, it, it, and right? it's, it's sort of like, uh, okay, so a big native I, I guess to non-natives a big native native thing is like a dream catcher um that's the thing that like you know we've all got them in our bedrooms they're great but like dream catchers originated with the ojibwe tribe like they're the people who originally created dream catchers it's not just like every native woke up you know was born and then had like how to build a dream catcher imprinted right. in their brain or whatever um right. so like for me my like my mom is cowlitz and she made she made me a dream catcher and mailed it to me and it's very sweet and nice and it's really i appreciated that she sent it to me and it's hanging above my bed but like i also feel like oh yeah like if an ojibwe person was just like did an ojibwe person make that dream catcher i'd be like no no sir or ma'am i'm sorry <laughs> uh you know so i think it's like like it, it's tough it's like i think that with something like that i would you know i would i would reach out to the tribe or i would just you know feel free and like kind of read around about it like my my gut is that I could see like I could see a mohawk person giving you side eye for wearing a mohawk but I that's not to say that that's how every mohawk person believes I'm also not mohawk so that's just right. all I can kind of go is kind of my gut feeling so you know I guess I would say to this to you know to the listener or to the caller is like yeah just like you know google it yeah also, to to me, assuming a, a you know a native person knows all native stuff, racist. Wow, the real yeah. racist. We finally found him. Um, He's here. Yeah, yeah. What, what I was gonna say is, if you feel slightly weird about anything you're doing, just stop doing it. Just, just yeah. You know, change your hairstyle because you have a question about it and you're not sure. Or or um, Google it and justify that you're fine. But I I don't know that. Yeah. The safest option is like, just to yeah. not do a thing you feel weird about. I, but I, the, I feel like I feel like the the other side of that's true of like, oh yeah, if there's something you feel weird about, don't do it. But if you feel real confident and entitled to do something that's not your culture, <laughs> maybe also don't do it. Maybe yeah. maybe there's a middle. But, there's um, like no no way to wish. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, but but something that like I always like to stress to folks, especially with like native stuff and tribal stuff, is like tribes are still around. I mean, I don't know. It's like the Mohawk tribe probably has a website, they probably have an email address, like it's right. like, yeah. um, like I feel like that's something that's when people will ask me hyper specific questions not related to my tribe's right, culture. Right. I'm just like, go to their website, and then yeah. the the answer is usually like, native people have websites, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, right. I don't know, the United States has a website. Like it's like it's <laughs> these are these are country these are think of tribes less as like something from long ago and more like these are countries within the United States who have all the things that you'd imagine a country would have. They have offices, they have cultural coordinators, they have blah, blah, blah. And I feel like if you like, you know, reach out to the tribe, like they would probably point you in some direction of somebody, you know, if you did it respectfully to like answer that question. There might be yeah. somebody at the tribe whose job it is to answer that question, you know, like, I don't know. They might have written a book, which is a real yeah. low emotional labor way. Then you're not bothering somebody, you're paying for a thing somebody already did. That'll probably give you all these answers. Um. I was going to say about the date side of it. 
Uh, so the caller's like, should I ask this person about her hair? And I'm like, I say, if the data hasn't already happened or if somebody else finds himself in this situation, you should definitely ask about the hair because their response will either tell you, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. maybe they're working it out or maybe they have some misgivings or they're thinking about this or thinking about changing it, or their response will tell you, I never want to fuck with this person again. Yeah. So basically you want to ask and see how defensive they get. And that'll tell you if yeah. you... Uh, if they're redeemable well, or not. <laughs> that's that, that's a good way to go. And I also have got to say, like, to the to the caller, like, good on you for questioning that. Like, I feel yeah. like that's something that I've never I don't think like I've I've had people ask me, like, uh, is it okay if I get a dream catcher tattooed on me and stuff like that? <laughs> and I'm like, eh, maybe don't. Wait, um, can I answer that? I'm like, no, I think you'll look not cool, man. I don't think that's for yeah. you. I think you won't I mean, look great. <laughs> dream catchers look cool. But like, not when you're tattoo, not supposed uh, to have it. Yeah, it's yeah, a tattoo on a non-native person. Maybe not. Um, so you know, like that. Like, I appreciate that the caller is was that thoughtful to think to ask about it. You know, because um, that 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 is something that like when like when I see people with mohawks now that I'm just you know like in my 30s and you know bitter about everything or whatever. You know, like there's like probably five percent of me that's just like that's a native hairstyle. <laughs> Right. Sure. You know, um, so that's not to say that my grumpiness is rightful as compared to the Mohawk people, because I'm not Mohawk, so I can't speak for that. But it's like I do acknowledge that that's like a haircut originated by an indigenous tribe. And like maybe it is problematic to have it. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Ask yeah. a Mohawk person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very doable. Yep. It's out there. Information's yeah. out there. The info is out there. Just because the punk scene took it and ran with it. <laughs> That's also yeah. another thing I was going to say is it feels like that sort of thing feels like it's been so ingrained in like white folks in that in that scene that I, I see like someone in 2021 like kind of waking up and deciding to question it because it's just been happening for a yeah. long, long time. Yeah, that's... But it's, I mean, like the mascots thing we've been talking about, like for many people, it was simply yeah. like... Un, an unthinking, not a big deal until yeah. it was. Well, when, when I think that that's something to, I feel like like kind of the relating the Mohawk thing and the mascot thing is like, oftentimes people will think to themselves, hey, why did this all of a sudden become a problem in 2021 or whatever? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, it's not that it started being a problem in 2021. It's been a problem for a hundred mm -hmm. years or whatever. It's just 2021 is the first time that you've heard about it. Yeah. yeah and that has to do with like marginal listening. Yeah. And that has to do with just like marginalized voices being given more opportunities in the media and like finally being allowed to like say their piece about this stuff and like the yeah. media covering these things. So, you know, it's like back to like Mohawk hairstyles. Like, yeah, this has been, you know, a huge part of the punk scene for, you know, decades. And it's definitely like a counterculture look. But like if all of a sudden next year there's a huge outcry on Twitter about non-natives mm -hmm. wearing Mohawks, that does not mean that it's like a new outcry. This could be right. something the Mohawk tribe has been passionate about for a while. But once again, yep. not as speaking, not as a Mohawk person, I can't necessarily right. say whether that's the case, but it's like, but I trust that if I did see it or I did have that conversation, I'd be like, oh, this is a thing that's yeah. probably been a conversation for decades that just I have not heard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like um, the Counting Crows guy. Um, we've been telling you to cut that hair for a long time. This is not new, sir. Um, I think he actually did cut his hair last year. I don't. Oh, know. does I'm he have dreadlocks? Oh yeah, he's had oh, locks. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. When it, when they're on white people, they're called dreads. When they're on black people, they're called locks. That's an arbitrary distinction I've made um, because <laughs> white people love to call everything dreads, and it's like black people don't say that. Um, 
But yeah, that man had dreads, hard R dreads. (laughs) (laughs) Hard R dreads. That's very funny. Kevin, don't Um, name this episode Hard R dreads. Yeah, I was going to say, as you you were saying, I was like, oh, this is probably going to be the episode name. No, it's uh, going to be Yo's the, Scar- Yo's the Scarfield the will Scarfield. be the episode name. <laughs> yep, there we go. No, we're, we're saving that for um, something else. Uh, don't worry about it. Um, uh, but, I, but, I, but I do want to say on that note to the, to the caller of like, look, I don't know whether it's appropriate or not to have a mohawk. It's appropriate for sure, but whether it's problematic or not, I'm not sure. But I can tell you that eating lasagna is appropriate of Garfield. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Don't take this, your date to that old Garfield we- restaurant. That's how we end this episode. Uh, <laughs> it's Joey, sure besides just chucking a bag full of Garfield merchandise through your window, how it's, else people, that's how it feels every time I get it. How else can people get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, see, you more, less get in touch with you and more see the things that you've done. In um, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joey Tainment. You can follow me on Instagram at Joey Clift. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, uh, my Comedy Central short, um, you can see on all Comedy Central socials. Super funny. Check it out. Um, and then I've got a new short film that's going through the festival circuit right now called My First Native American Boyfriend. That's about just it like- It looks great. The, weird... I, the trailer looked awesome. I can't wait to see it. Oh, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. It's basically, um, it's about like all the kind of weird experiences that I've had dating as a Native person in 2021. It's uh, based on, um, I was dating a woman a few years ago who um, she woke me up at three in the morning after we've been dating a few weeks, like with a deep look of concern in her face to apologize to me because when she was five years old, her mom dressed her up like Pocahontas from the Disney movie. And I was just like, and I was just like, yeah, it's fine. Go back to bed. (laughs) But it's like, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's sort of like about those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah, check all that out. Follow me on the socials, watch my short. And um, and thanks again for having me on. It's always a treat to be on Yo's Racist. Always oh a treat, always a dream. We love you. Thanks for everybody for listening. You can um, follow us at uh, Trondy Newman, at Andrew T, at Kev Bartelt, or at Kevin J Bartelt, uh, at Suboptimal Pods on Instagram. And speaking of Suboptimal co- Pods, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tease this. We didn't we didn't agree that we were gonna do this, so we can cut it out if it doesn't work. But I just recorded a watch long. Uh, speaking of Star Trek, for all the for all the folks who came here because of Star Trek. Uh, I just really recorded a watch along with uh, Lower Decks creator and my friend Mike McMahon. We watched the first episode of season two. I learned things that I did. I thought I knew all the secrets, but he did tell me some things uh, on that recording that I had not heard before. So if you're on the fence about signing up at suboptimalpods.com, where we put all kinds of premium content, uh, if you're on the fence about it and you're a Star Trek fan, you are going to want to hear that. And that's not the last watch along I'm going to do with folks involved in the show. So you can look forward to more of that. Throughout the autumn. This is the autumn, yes? We <laughs> call this the autumn? Yes. <laughs> it's so autumn time. Go, go check that out. Sign up uh, at suboptimalpods.com. Those episodes, along with other limited series pods, stuff with um, ex-producer Zig, uh, are in the suboptimal bundle, which you can sign up for and get um, all these goodies. I, I recorded a thing just before we started rolling here that... You did? I'll just say may or may not work, and I'm not going to talk about it more on air because there's a real world where it doesn't work and when no one ever sees it. But uh, we'll Great. talk about it off mic. Uh, three two three so three eight nine seven two. Only things that work. Three two three three eight nine seven two two three three two three three eight nine race. Leave your voicemails. Good, good, weird ones this week. Thanks good for calling, ones. folks. And that's it. Peace. Bye. This is suboptimal.